Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. There's a lot to talk about. Independence Day celebrations, what to grill, how to catch wild pigs for that Italian sausage, but I'm not going to talk about that today. I've got, I know a lot of people, all right, in my job, the the job I've been doing lately, for, for lately, for four decades now, a lot of people. And there are thousands of people that are said to be my friends on social media and, and the like, and I'm not trying to disassociate myself with them, perhaps some of the crazy ones, but, you know, I really don't have a lot of friends. I've got my wife, Betty, my sons, Peter and Spiro, my brothers, Peter and Nicholas. Nick's uh, Nick has been a guest on this podcast, and he's coming up with uh, an article soon on American conservative. And I've got friends like Steve the Pilot and Jeff Carlin and our next guest, Tom Serafin. Guys that you can talk about stuff too without worrying whether what you say might offend them. Guys that you can talk about things too about the meaning of life and what where are you on this planet and where are you in your journey? And you have to do that because in the work I do, in the work Jeff does, work Tom does, we're always supposed to be on. You have to be on. You have to guard your words. You, you say things for effect. And sometimes it just gets tiring. Now, in the world of politics, there are no friends. What do they say? If you want a friend in politics, get a dog. Well, I have a dog. Zeus the the Wonder Dog. And uh, he's fine. He's he's sitting downstairs bothering Betty right now. But I want to introduce you to my friend, our friend, Tom Serafin of Serafin and Associates. He's our guest on the Chicago Way podcast, the best podcast, I think, of politics in Chicago. And sit down, pour yourself a drink like uh, Tom has done, and I, I shall do. <laughs> and uh, Jeff, I don't know if Jeff's drinking, but maybe he has some on, you know, he has some yeast that he hasn't turned into a pie crust. <laughs> And join us, because right now, you're on the Chicago Way podcast on WGN+. The the Chicago Way is a deep cultural phenomenon. It's the Chicago Way. The Chicago Way. That's the focus. In a tower by the river, there lived a man. There was a man who took a stand with pen and paper in his hand. Defeating foes in every ward with a pen more mighty than the sword. No escape from his ink lasso in a tower by the river. Castle. Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. So, Tom Serafin, so, Jeff Carlin. What the hell's going on in the world? How do you make sense of it? I can't with all the craziness lately. I just want to withdraw from it, you know, hide under a like a bundle of straw. Just a reality of vacation. Yeah, that's for sure. I know, but Tom, thanks for joining us, and looking uh, love to pick your brain about the the world at hand. We just had a big election in uh, Illinois. 
And uh, yeah, it's been a busy week on top of that. Right, John? Yeah. It's been more interesting than the White Sox, that's for sure. <laughs> well, the, White, I, the White Sox are are interesting to Tom. They used to be interesting to me. I still like the, the club, but uh, as long as Tony Larusa's there, I don't know. I'd say bring back Renneria, you know, but he'll never come back. Or put Ozzy in, in there, maybe. Well, what surprises me about the White Sox, and I know we're not here to talk about them, but you know, you know, I saw them in spring training for a few games, and I thought they they played with uh, you know a lack of efficiency. I mean, they weren't they weren't aggressive to the point where I thought they should be, and I didn't think you know they ran the bases well, and they didn't play well. They didn't play well in the field, and you know, despite whether or not you get hit the ball. In baseball, you can play good defense. You work at it. You practice at it. You understand you hit your cutoffs. There's certain elements of baseball that you just have to do and have to do right. Uh, you don't get picked off at first base. You, you know, there's certain things you know how to run the base. And, you know, hitting the ball is one of the most difficult things in the world. Obviously, out of 10 times you go up to the plate, if you miss seven out of 10 times, you're a Hall of Famer. You know, you hit the ball three times. So even Michael Jordan couldn't do it, right? So, but defense is where they're really not playing well, and uh, it's really disappointing because they've got a you know some very talented people, and they got a strong fan base. And my wife uh, lives and dies every night, complains about them, and and rails about them, and uh, is happy with them. You know, there's some dedicated fans out there, but. It's a tough year. They're having a very difficult year. Yeah. You're just having a, a difficult, difficult year. Uh, uh, Richard Irvin, right? What's, yes. uh, what's ha- what happens next for him? Oh, good segue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I do well, what I can. Well, you know, I think he goes back to being the mayor of Aurora. And people are happy with him. He's happy there. But he's got a taste of uh, what it's like to be a, on stage, center stage, downtown Chicago. You know, it, uh, mm-hmm. uh, he probably didn't like it uh, towards the end of it. But on the front end, it was, you know, pretty enticing. You know, the, the problem was not Richard Irving. It was, it was the, the problem was the organization around him mm-hmm. and the way the effort was constructed. And what they knew, what they didn't know about him. He's always lived his life the way he is. You can't yeah. subtract a man just because he lived his life for 40 years one way. And now that you have a couple, uh, you know, political constructionists want to run a campaign around a design plan yeah. that he wasn't necessarily part of. Best so, laid plans of mice and men. <laughs> right. And right. this so, one, this one went arrived from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think that they they had they didn't realize or, and I, I feel sorry for Ken Griffin. I mean, I know people are yeah. pine pounded on him now. They, oh, rich, poor little rich boy, and all that stuff. But uh, he wanted to change, and he knew that uh, Pritzker, Governor J. B. Pritzker, born on third base, thinking he hit a triple, the porcelain <laughs> prince. Uh, he knew that Prince, he felt that Pritzker was wrong for the state. I agree, happen to agree with him. But the consultants that he had around him did not understand or did not, under, I guess, did not understand how much they were loathed by the base of the Republican Party and uh, that whole combine business where the combine is a bipartisan effort of insiders. When they're in, we're in. When they're out, we're in. We're always in, said a guy, uh, Gina Giorgetti, years ago. I don't know if Tom was there at that night, but uh, <laughs> but they said it. Yeah, they and uh, and they never, they never, I guess they didn't explain to Griffin um, how much they were reviled, how much the combine is reviled in Republican circles in Illinois. And perhaps that's because... Irvin, I mean, uh, Griffin, Griffin's money, you know, he's from that circle of oligarchs uh, where they play that way. And uh, the people of Illinois, the voters didn't like it at all. And they came out. What was the final score of that game, guys? 
Uh, 52 million uh, something or other. That, that's, oh, or are you talking uh, the, the actual results? No, the score I'm thinking of is the cost per vote. $418. At least, right? Yes. At least. $418, I, I believe Politico did, did, did the math for us on that one. Oh, she did? Yeah. So what, do you, what do you think of all that, Tom? You know, I, you know, the money doesn't uh, impact me at all. You know, guy worth twenty five billion, spending fifty million. That's tip money to him. Key is that you need more people like him involved in civic activities and political activities. You need more people to put their own resources into the game. What 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 I what what I was disappointed with is that he, he, they could not get a groundswell of people to get involved in the political process and be part of it and get more to contribute towards it rather than spending 50, 50, 90% of that 52 million that was spent on television made the television networks, you know, rich, uh, made of the buyers rich, made the campaign consultants very rich. Uh, it, it didn't involve people. So, you know, what, you know, if you take a look at, uh, Mr. Griffith's life and what he's done at Citadel, what he's done in Illinois with more than $1.5 billion and giving money away to charities, mm-hmm. $600 million recently to the museums and to everything that people come to Chicago to visit. He has contributed to the shed. He's contributed to everything that makes Chicago fabulous as a city where you want people to visit and why people visit. Yeah, so I, I, I commend yeah. him for what he did. You know, I, I'm not one of these people who say, oh, look, he paid 400. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, Willie Wilson is doing a heck of a job right now, spending two, three, four million. <laughs> and he, and, and, and nobody's picking on him. I like Willie Wilson. He's actually a friend of mine. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, what he's doing is what, what everybody, you know, that's, you know, instead of giving his four or five million dollars to the television networks to make everybody rich, he's giving it to the people. So, you know, that's another way of doing it. What is his money? <laughs> Griffin, what if Griffin had given $418 to everybody? I mean, if you want to really get crass about it, and if you really want to take it from a straight line all the way through, uh, they could, you should, you should explore that opportunity. I would suggest, uh, the people at uh, WBZ and others take a look at how money is spent and where the money went. And who got yeah. rich in the campaign? Let's not talk about a guy uh, spending fifty million out of twenty-five billion. I mean, that's tip money. But let's spend. Let's talk about where that fifty billion, fifty million went. Who got rich on this campaign off the backs of what people thought were going to be the winners in the Republican primary? Everybody knows who has traveled downstate since 2008, 2007, six, somewhere in there since that, that recession, the housing. Uh, everybody knows what people think downstate about people in elective politics and what they have done to that part of the world. They've taken the jobs. They took the coal mines. They took the roads. They've taken the health care. Um, you people have to travel an hour and a half to find a doctor if they're going to have a baby. I mean, it, it, you know, the, you know, a lot of people just have left because it's beautiful country. And I've traveled every co- county. I've been in every county twice. It's beautiful country. And the people are beautiful, hardworking people. Remember, 75% of this state is all about, all about agriculture. And we laugh at those people and we make fun of them because we're up here having dinner at uh, uh, some of the nice restaurants and drinking nice wines. But the bottom line is their voice is important to be heard. And, you know, Mr. Bailey is speaking for them now. And I, and he's, he's a thunderstorm in Illinois politics. Whether you like him or you don't like him, everywhere he goes, there will be a thunderstorm and the left will make fun of him. The, The liberal press will make fun of him. People will have fun with him, but guess what? The people are happy with him because he's finally echoing what they've been saying for so many years, decades about what's going on in this state. And, you know, everybody talks about the numbers and how, you know, you know, the, the governor is going to beat him big numbers, et cetera. There's no way this man's going to have an impact, yeah. but he, he's having an impact. He already won this election being outspent number one by the people that and John has always called as the combine. But, you know, if you take a look at some of the numbers in the early polling that's coming out, uh, Dan Prop was involved in this race 
uh, who was a was a WIND guy talk show, and but he's been he before that he was a political guy, and he's been working at this for years and years. He's lost a lot of elections, but he's learned what made those elections go south on him. And on this particular race, there's going to be a thunderstorm. There are not going to be any white gloves in this race from from September to November. There won't be white glove campaigning. There's going to be thunderstorms, and people will have to answer for what they've done and what they haven't done. I think this race will be closer than a lot of people think. It's certainly Governor Pritzker is to win 60-40 today, but this race is going to get a lot closer. It's going to be really interesting. But I mean, Tom, anything in this, anything else in this, the, uh, the results of this election stick out to you as, as surprising or, or, or I think you- Governor Pritzker, you know, John talks about him uh, growing up or uh, waking up on third base and thinking yeah. he hit a triple. I think he hit a triple in this race. I think he actually landed on third base. I think uh, his attitude about, you know, you can argue about the politics of it, what it looks like, how good it is, how bad it is. But I'm looking at the results of races and how people got there. He went he went out of his way to spend money. Fallen, he funneled the money through the Democratic governor's op- operation mm-hmm. and also spent some of his own money to elect his opponent. Which is Mr. Bailey? Yeah, pick his opponent. Yeah, right. So you know, I, I, twenty years, twenty five years ago, I was, I was assigned to to work on a, a campaign for a very uh, uh, successful Illinois politician who had won twenty, thirty, forty races. Um, and he, one day he asked me, he says, Tom, you know why I, I've won so many elections? I said, Well, sir, you're the best candidate. You got the you're great on the issues. Uh, you're <laughs> you love people, you know. He says, Tommy, I appreciate the fact that you're very complimentary, but sorry, you're wrong. I said, Oh, okay. He says, You know why I won those elections? Because I had the right opponent. Uh, your job's to help me find <laughs> the right opponent. And, you know, uh, it was a difficult, quiet task. But today, in today's world, they were very uh, full frontal about it, right up front. Bailey's the guy I think I can win with, and he's the guy my posters tell me that I can beat, and let's get him in there because I don't want a black Republican running against me. And obviously, the, the 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 Republican, you know, mainstream Republicans from Illinois gave him an opportunity with Irving, who had a lot of uh, picadillos to deal with, uh, yeah. and that helped him out a great deal. Mm-hmm. But and, he, and he picadillos that didn't come out publicly. If they would have, if he had stayed in the race, if he had been in the race in November, right, but, right. But so, um, yeah, the the attitude is we're gonna we we picked our opponent. We're smart. We're we're the ones who are, you know can man, manipulate reality and choose our opponent. But can I tell you something? I don't think sometimes you pick your you you think you've. You've got a patsy in there. I don't think this guy's a patsy, especially given I'm talking about Darren Bailey. I think you're right, Tom. Uh, he's gonna. It's gonna be thunder, and the people who are in November, as they as they anticipate a red November na- nationwide. Are Bruce Ronner, right? Bruce Ronner was part of the combine, you know. Yeah. yeah. And he didn't know he he didn't know how, he didn't know anything about lightning and thunder on the campaign trail. This guy does and he's got a, a team around him that understands that. Uh Governor Pritzker comes from 2025. You know, he's running the perfect campaign for 2025. He's running he's, run, he's running he, for president, isn't he? Right. He, Yes, he is. He's running a national. Can- he's running a national campaign, right? And even you know, in the media this week, he talks about the fact that he thinks there might be some primary, you know, opposition to Joe Biden. He said he won't be surprised at it. Well, you know, a lot of people won't be surprised at it, <laughs> but it, but for him to begin speaking yeah. in that tone, I think the last person that I that I remember was Ted Kennedy and Jimmy Carter. There might have been others since then, but when you take on an incumbent president. You have the entire apparatus of uh, the White House and and the, and, and, the, and the building across the street. They're all looking at you and they're doing everything they can to protect their jobs, their careers, and everything around them. So anybody who challenges Joe Biden is going to be, you know, front, uh, front and center, better have their act together. 
if Joe Biden says he's running for re-election, I don't see anybody getting in the way, you know, because they're going to have to take on the White House, the administration, the his, every, every, the executive office across, and they're going to take on everybody. Yeah. And they better have their act together. I don't see anybody on the Democratic side of the aisle that has that his whisper. But this guy, uh, Pritzker, is now getting quoted in the Washington Post. Even the Washington Post wrote an article about it this week that said, uh, Governor Pritzker, you shouldn't be doing this anymore. Neither should Democrats. You should not be selecting your Republican opponents huh. uh, and, and selecting these extremists. It's a bad idea. You know, it's those typical Washington Post, uh, you know, Lecture. attitude. Right, right, right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the way they go about it. But on, on this particular Governor Pritzker thing, I think he's he comes out, you know, from this primary election with a great deal of winning at his back. And he and the, he's larger and bigger than life right now. However, he's going to have to manage what he's created. And I don't know how easily he thinks he can do that. I don't think it's going to be an easy road for him. You know that Jeff Carlin is a master of sound. <laughs> he loves sound. And you spent your your life career in radio as well. And you love sound too, which is That's why you, which is why you wanted me outside with the birds and my dog <laughs> uh, doing your podcast, The Crisis. Natural. Right, right. But right, I love it. But here, let me give you both some sound, and I know Jeff is going to make a note of it, and he's going <laughs> to look for it, right, Jeff? Because I know you. You're, you're my buddy, and I know you. Uh, anyone see that movie uh, about Jake LaMotta, The Raging Bull? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. De Niro, right? Yeah. yeah, De Niro. But in the, in the, at the end of this uh, movie, the broken-down pug that LaMotta became is in prison. And he's, I guess they got him in solitary or something, and he's hes alone, and he starts warming up as if he's in a fight, and he starts, uh, you know, hunching his shoulders, and he starts punching the wall. And he keeps saying, who's the boss? 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 And, uh, Tom, I just have to ask you, now that I've primed Jeff, so much that I know he's excitedly searching for this line. Um, Tom, is Pritzker the boss now? Yes. If there was any doubt before, and there was a lot of doubt around the world of democratic politics, I think he's the boss. Uh, I'm anxious to see the committeemen's races for the state committee. Uh, there are still some counting going on as of uh, uh, going into the weekend after the, the election, but we should know soon. And, uh, you know, he lost his candidate, lost the race for his state party chairman a year ago when, you know, Dick Durbin ran his candidate and uh, won by a, a point and a half. Right. Uh, you know, Robin Kelly's the, the congressman. Uh, she is now the Democratic chairman. And uh, a lot of those races went both different ways, you know, in this in this race. Uh-huh. But he, he ran a slate. Uh, the governor had no qualms about running against Dick Durbin's slate. And so I'm anxious to see who wins that. Uh, because there, if he's got an edge on that thing, you know, when they get together and they decide who the chairman is again, the governor is going to squeeze a lot of arms, and uh, he's in a good good position to, to win that race and select the the Democratic chairman of the state of Illinois. And I'm anxious to see that, uh, but he's right on the edge of being able to be be that person. I don't want to claim uh, coming up with the idea of who's the boss because I did talk to Tom before we came on. We were talking the other day just about life and stuff. To and Tony then, Danza? Pardon me? <laughs> <laughs> no, not Tony Danza. <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, but uh, and Tom came up with that. He said, you know, Pritzker, as far as Democratic politics now are concerned, he's the boss. And, sure. Uh, so, well, you know, well, how do you explain the uh, tr- the treasurer's race then with uh, Durbin, Pritzker, and even the venerable Jesse White endorsing Valencia, and but then Janulius pulling that one off? Well, you know, I, I thought I thought Alexi pound for pound uh, ran the best race in Illinois 
in this mm-hmm. particular election. And I think knowing how he did that, he's going to go about it and do it again in the in the general election. Anna Valencia, you know, was, uh, you know, was one of the campaign workers uh, for Dick Durbin right. early on. And she is very accomplished. She got a great career ahead of her. But, uh, uh, you know, Alexi's been down this road before. Mm. He's been elected. He's been he's gone through the fire. He's been criticized. He's got his own issues that people have talked about. But he had that experience. He knew what to do, when to do it and how to do it and who to rely on getting it done uh you can't you you, that's priceless and the guys that ran the the Irvin campaign did not know that uh governor prisker is learning how to do that i think he's you know biting off more than he can chew when he goes nationally yeah Uh, but he's got anna cabrera you know his chief of staff who was working for hillary clinton i mean he's got a good person there to kind of lead him through those issues but the the bottom line of the whole thing is that Alexi is 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 in a real good good position, and you know I think you know Dick Durbin did what he had to do because of his uh, loyalty to the people around him. But you know, and you know, the, you know, the governor did what he had to do. But Alexi is is going to be in a good good shape in the fall. I think Dan Brady, who's well liked yes, by everyone. Yes. Yeah. He, he's an excellent candidate for the Republican Party, not at all to the left, not at all to the right, but a moderate, a guy that everybody can deal with. If I had a daughter and he came knocked on the door as a young man, I'd be very confident that he'd go out and bring her home and be a, a, a perfect gentleman. He's that kind of person, the kind of person you want as a secretary of state or as a governor. Dan Brady is a great guy. So it's going to be, that's a great race. I think that's a, that's a marquee race because Alexi's got, brings the uh, savvy and the, the young family and uh, the, he, he's matured a great deal. And, and Brady brings the excellence of being a public official over a period of years, understands the game, understands he's got a great family. He's from Bloomington. He knows the turf. Uh, the two of them, you know, are going to run very good campaigns. It's going to be a great race. That would be a great, that's going to be a great race. Well, there's two things about that race. Number one, um, Dan Brady is not the Democratic Party. And they, the Democrats who are running against uh, Janulius did not bring up the name once, Jaws Girango. They didn't bring up um, Alexi's. Uh, associations with, I would say, some of the earthier elements of of politics in Illinois, hearkening back to the old days. Mm -hmm. And uh, even though he's got this clean, you know, yeah, the great commercial with the kid and he's shooting baskets and his daughter's there and all that. (laughs) They're going to, the Republicans are going to bring up all that stuff again. The bank, his dad's bank, mob loans and all that how are they going to do it well i think all of that is about timing right Anna valencia you know came out negative early and it fell flat i mean you it, it's all about timing in that particular in this business of politics and she was you know that it, it didn't seem like there was any message discipline uh there was there's no staging and there was no good research and they haven't done it they have obviously didn't do focus groups or they did they weren't listening about how you do these things and you know parsimoniously move information brady will have that kind of operation around him you know you talk about the governor's race and everybody else that's running secretary of state's race has still got all the jobs he's still got all the access Uh, if you're if you're driving a truck in this state you better know the secretary of state if you're driving a car in this day. If you're selling a car, you're selling tires. Huh. I mean, if you're that road goes, building, you know, wow. You, you get to the point of it because people think secretary of state is about licenses, you know, driver's licenses, right. rules of the road. License plates. <laughs> they all forget uh, that secretary of state is about vehicle services and all those uh, all those car dealers throughout the state have to deal with the secretary of state. Right. So, and there's this, a lot of inside baseball there. Right. If I were, if I were a, a Dan Brady op, oppo research guy, I mean, the easy thing 
I'll give you one for free. I'll give these guys one for free. <laughs> Just look up my name and Giannoulis because I, I'm not really a big fan. And you're going to see stories uh, that they're going to capitalize on. And the second thing I'd mention is that Giannoulis, there's Greek money in this state. Greek money, rich Greek guys, guys with a lot of money, and they dropped they dropped it on Janulius to get in in and pass this primary season. Where are they for Paul Vallis, Tom Serafin, Jeff Carlin? Mm-hmm. Last time I checked, Paul Vallis is Greek too. Where's where's his Greek money? He's running for mayor, I think. I think right, isn't he? That's he, right. He, he, he certainly he, is. I don't know about the money thing, John. I mean, that's, uh, I, I, the, I've had conversations with people, just random people who read the news casually right. and they, you know, they all mentioned Paul as, as being this, the sensible one and the, the person they, they think they trust with at least uh, managing things. But I, I don't know. I, I don't think he moves a needle for people in like that passionate, emotional kind of way. You um, gotta have money. You have yeah. to have the money to, to do the ads and get on TV. And then the the guy with the money comes with muscle of the money. And then there's all sorts of reporters and people around that money circling, like the consultant people, the combine guys. And they all love it. And they're and then they start whispering to each other and ginning up stories. Oh, he's, a, he's inevitable. Mm. Lexi Janulius. Oh, he's wonderful. Yeah. And well, Lexi is... Alexi is a, to me, he represents, to me, uh, he's an attractive physical candidate, number one. Uh, And he's got great sense of confidence when in dealing with people. Uh, Paul Vallis doesn't have the the glamour looks that Alexi does, but he's got the solutions to all of our current problems in the city. Now, that's a bold statement for me to make, but he's got solutions that will get us there. It's not going to be overnight. He knows how to be uh, a budgeteer. He knows how to play those economic games with with the trading blocks and and the people that hold our bond. He knows all of those issues, and he knows where the money is buried. And everything starts with money. Let me ask you you guys this. If you're a candidate running for for a big job that requires a lot of administrative uh, chops, and you don't understand budgets and you you're you're ignorant about the the financial world and the the municipal financial world then you have to rely on other people don't you you have to rely on expertise and the guy who doesn't have to rely on somebody else's consultant to read a budget and to know where the holes are <laughs> that's a dangerous man but it's also a man that, uh, you know, if you're one of the insiders, you might want to stop because what you want is a meat puppet that shows up there. And, and the meat puppet, look at look at what Joe Biden is doing to the economy. I mean, he's a meat puppet. He doesn't understand what he's doing. And therefore, we, we have this uh, inflation problem, et cetera. And the same holds for the city of Chicago, doesn't it? They want their guy. They, they want all their insiders from the economic club or from, uh, you know, civic federation. They want people that they can tap so that they can bend government the way they want it to bend, which is always towards them. Right. I don't know. Am I cynical? <laughs> uh, just well traveled, John. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, no, I don't. I don't think you're cynical. But you know, the the business is uh, is changes with the personality. We, you know, I was reading the newspapers today, and all these articles about about the race and the aftermath of the race and running for office and all these things. But very few pieces about uh, why the city department of transportation can't fix the potholes on Lakeshore Drive where the touring buses are are breaking their axles coming in from Indiana and Michigan. And I'm thinking to myself, what is is wrong with this picture? Uh, I understand. Well, I I understand that. But 
there's a sense of who's in who who understands the city and who's got a feel for this city you know and you know when you're electing public officials uh i think lori lightfoot uh despite all the all the negatives that people write about her is actually getting stronger as she gets closer to February 28th, eight months from now, that election. That's what everybody's talking about. How did right. the election last week, uh, uh, in, in this week, impact uh, her candidacy and other mm-hmm. candidacies around her? What, what what kind of turnout did we have, gentlemen? We had nothing. 18, yeah, 20%. Right. 80% of the people in Cook County did not make an effort to vote. Right. Now, what were they doing on a beautiful Tuesday afternoon? What were they not doing or what were they doing that they wanted to avoid a polling booth? That was every hundred yards I walked around downtown. There was a place where you could go in and, pull, and vote and I mean, register the same day. Right. I mean, it was it was, you know, it was just a. You know, it was it was really disheartening. Eighty percent. So you take a look at the numbers, uh, and you take a look at the big. You know, what Gil Viegas lost by a number of votes to Ramirez as, uh, for for congressman, for congressperson. Um, uh, you know, that northern district that goes out to Hanover Park a long ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then you take a look at the number of people that voted, and then you say to yourself, "Wow, so many people didn't vote." Right. So. You it's you have to look underneath, underneath until the numbers come in. I went to the board of elections today. There's still numbers that are missing. So this this election is going to be studied for some time. And what's interesting, it's a late election, so people are spending their summer, you know, trying to figure out how they're going to run their campaigns from Labor Day to, uh, through November. And then the big picture is how do you run Labor Day through February 28th if you're the mayor, knowing that you're going to lose New Year's, you know, a couple of weeks of January, most of December, you know, half of, of November. So, you know, everybody's trying to figure out how do you position yourselves? Where on, uh, do you position yourselves? And through this last two week period, 10 day period, a five year old was shot and killed in Chicago. And yeah, you, it, it was, it was a barely, it barely, uh, it was, it was in the media places, but the outcry was so muted. And I thought to myself, uh, are we getting, are we, are we getting calluses on our hearts? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Because the, the politically, the issue is now the main event. The main event has always been the mayor of Chicago. So if, and we are talking to Tom Serafin of Serafin and Associates and, uh, political analyst on Fox Chicago. And I hope that uh, Fox Chicago takes advantage of you, Tom, because <laughs> I just want to, I, I want to see you doing like that Jake Lamada, who's the boss, who's the boss thing on TV. You know, that, but, that that's, that's an interesting thing. He wanted to make that movie Scorsese raging bull. And I think the, uh, I, my memory is if, if it serves me right, it's failing me lately. Uh, the, uh, it was MGM. I, I, it was a studio said you have to make this other movie first, and he didn't want to make it. It was a bad script. He didn't like the movie, and the movie was After Hours. Oh. And I, wa- I, I, I saw After Hours first time I saw it. It was I was blown away by it. You know, and he won first. He won first place at K, uh, at Con in the film festival for After Hours. And it was one of the movies that he thought it was a throwaway. You watch After Hours. You want to be entertained, uh, Jeff. <laughs> watch After Hours. Yeah, Have yeah, you yeah. seen that? Oh, yeah. That was that, you know, that, 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 you know, that was in Soho in New York, but it could easily be applied to Chicago nowadays. Well, if you really want to get uh, entertainment, you'll go and look up Thief by James oh. Kahn. Yes. Uh, see, uh, you want to know about Chicago, where the cops are played by outfit guys and the outfit guys played cops. Mm-hmm. But that's another story. Now, how's how's uh, how's the boss Pritzker, the boss? I, I'm going to have trouble dealing with this, but yeah, I agree, he is the boss. <laughs> how's he going to How's he going to play the Lori Lightfoot race? What's he going to do for her? That's the great. That's the million dollar question. You know, I everybody thought. Well, I shouldn't say everybody. The people I talk to believe that when Lori endorsed Kim Fox for the state's attorney's office, 
that there was some kind of, you know, either expressed or unexpressed agreement that if she did that, uh, Tony Preckwinkle, the Cook County Board President, would look kindly on her during her reelection process. Yeah. We'll, we'll see, we'll see if, if that's mm-hmm. going to be the case. In this particular situation, uh, the governor holds a very strong hand in Lori Lightfoot's reelection effort, he can be very helpful to her. Uh, and you know, he, he talks. He, he talked uh, to the Cranes reporter Greg Hines about what he wants to do. He wants to provide people with a, a free college education that don't <laughs> that, that can't afford it. Oh, and, we, know, afford, we can't afford it. <laughs> well, taxpayers <laughs> right. can't afford it. I understand that, but I pray that his his program gets put into place. Because if it actually works, that means our Chicago public schools that, you know, graduate only 75% of the kids in eighth grade, they can read and write. 75% can't read and write. You know, 24% can. That means they have an option and they can go to college. Right now, they can't get into college because academically, we are graduating kids that aren't proficient at what we're graduating them with, you know, so we're, we're, we're letting all these generations down. So if he actually thinks he can do that, there must be some hope there, but he has to deal with the Chicago teachers union. I don't think that's part of his program, but if he's going to help out uh, Lori Lightfoot, he's going to have to help her out there on education and with the Chicago teachers union. He can be very helpful there. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where he's going to be on that. The, uh, you have, Darren Bailey running as a Republican. You have uh, Paul Vallis running as an independent, I guess, a Democrat, but definitely not a progressive Democrat. Mm-hmm. And you have, uh, and he's pushing school choice, real school yeah. choice, targeting um, poor, low-income, minority families mm-hmm. to stop them from coming to Indiana, where if, I guess if you in Indiana, you can... They take your tax dollars, and you can you apply your tax dollars to parochial school. Uh, that's a, a th- an issue that uh, forces Illinois to compete. And then yeah. you have on top of that, you have Cam Buckner, uh, son of a cop, I think, and uh, yes, and son it's of a teacher. teacher, and he's like supposedly the CTU's candidate. Chicago Teachers Union candidate. I don't know how this is gonna, how it's gonna interesting uh, hash out, especially when. And then you have uh, Rod Sawyer, who we still want to have on this podcast, and I've asked if he wants to write something for my website and talk about how he wants to, you know, be be mayor and what happened to his father. Yeah, I, I, all the, I all talked to him earlier this week. this week. He's interested, so we should oh, see, see, watch this space, as they say. <laughs> yeah, but well, all that's all that's in play, mm-hmm. right, guys? Well, right, and uh, on on election day, and this is not counting the mail-in ballots, but on election day, two hundred seventy-nine thousand seven hundred forty-eight people voted. Uh, the, the the Democrats accounted for eighty-eight and a half percent. Were two hundred forty-seven thousand votes. The Republicans were eleven percent, eleven point twelve percent, or thirty-one thousand votes. Libertarians, you know, half of a, half a percentage. Blah blah blah. Right. So, uh, but what what we have, uh, you you'll see, he he's written about this in the Chicago Tribune, on uh, the editorial page. His former Congressman Dan Lipinski. Yes. writes a long essay about how important it is that the independent voices begin to be heard. And, you know, he talks about people wanting him to pursue an independent candidacy in, mm-hmm. in the 6th the district out there in the, in the suburbs. But he, he, he's not saying whether he will pick up that, that, that mantle, but he does talk about the fact that it's important for the independent voices to be heard because the extreme left, and the extreme right in Illinois were heard loudly because 80% of the people in Illinois did not vote uh, in the primary. Will they be heard? And is Dan Lipinski's independence and his, his independent uh, voice, is that something you guys, do you think, is, is going to be heard from? Jeff? I mean, I... I- I think there there's a, a need for it, certainly, like, a, you know, not a vacuum, but but uh, a voice of more of a, uh, you know, a centrist, but not a centrist in the sense of 
you know, modern things, more of like a, hey, let's a uh, uh, common sense uh, centrist, if that's a word. A moderate um, Democrat? Yeah, I think I think that's a voice that that the race might need. Yeah. Well, but when you talk when you talk about uh, the, the independence, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, you know, yeah, I, I try to cite these these references. Rich Miller, who writes the Capital Facts out of Springfield in mm-hmm. Illinois, has been doing it for years and watches all these and listens to all the posters. You know, printed uh, Dan Prof's uh, Fabrizio poll in his uh, in his uh, blog, and he says that this pollster has been you know good with the numbers like other pollsters they've all been in the same numbers so you always mm-hmm. wonder if a pollster is going to be left right or leaning but he says he is what everybody else is saying he's saying and what he said that bailey is plus three right now among independents in illinois yes. it's early obvious bailey is plus yeah. 19 you know you know you know biden approval 43 the 56 Biden has got a 13 laps there, you know, and the right track, wrong track, Illinois is 59 wrong track, 40 right track. Uh, Pritzker plus seven among those who heard of both of them. So Pritzker has got a seven point lead to me, a seven point lead right out of a primary when you've got all this time between now and November is, is a lifetime and a half. I'm surprised it's Hold that on. close. Hold I'm on surprised. to it, JB. Right. right. <laughs> and you know, the one the one thing I always like to look at at different pollsters is the generic ballot. If you ask somebody, mm. would you prefer to take a Republican ballot or a Democratic ballot in the November election? Where would you possibly go this way or that way? It's plus two uh, for the Democrats head to head. So, you know, in a Republican tsunami, which they expect nationally, Illinois will not be unaffected by this. No, it's going to be an interesting time to be alive and be in, in your business. Yeah. Uh, that's why we do it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. You're going to have a lot to write about, just, John. Just make sure I, I, you know, I got to leave a tip at Gene Giorgetti the next time for veal chops and talking about <laughs> politics. <laughs> the, uh, but it, it is going to be interesting. And uh, if I were Pritzker, he, he's it's it's not like see. Here's the thing about him. I remember back in the day when he was running against Jan Schakowsky for Congress, and she was kicking his <laughs> behind all over the place. And Jack Lavin from the you know Pritzker Hotel people, the hotel union guy, comes and says, "Hey, can you can you just have lunch with this kid? He's kind of getting his ass kicked." And it was Pritzker. So we went to Bruna's and uh, had a long. Very nice. Yeah, of course. And had a long uh, <laughs> lunch, you know, veal to salt and boca. He had some too. And pasta, he had some too. And uh, we were talking about, he was, you know, he couldn't understand how he was getting murdered by the left, you know, killed by the mm-hmm. left. And he was insisting that he too is a progressive. And I, I just said, look, man, you got. Five billion, you know, how many billions of dollars you got? And uh, you should just say, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and no one's no one can buy me, you know, because you mm-hmm. can't buy me. Who's going to yeah. buy him? Who's going to buy what? What does he need? All he needs is to pass out uh, dead presidents into the into the uh, collection trays of the black churches. Right before election, you know, leading up to that, and he's going to drop drop that on the preachers just like he did the last time. Yeah. And uh, can, but can he can he get Tom the uh, SEIU and the Chicago Teachers Union to come out for him? He can, and uh, uh, you know, <laughs> I've watched him from day one. And he's a charming, uh, and his wife is charming, and they're gracious, and they're kind to people. Yeah. And they're all, always opening up the mansion to, to visitors. He's got that piece of him. And, you know, we talk about uh, Citadel. Mr. Griffith's spending $50, 52000000 million, whatever it is, out of $25 billion. Now, think about that, 50 out of $25 billion. Hmm. This gentleman, you know, Governor Pritzker, spent 30 out of $3 billion. He's willing to put his money where his mouth is, and he's shown that. And he spent a greater percentage of 
of what we know he has. He may have more than that, but he spent a great deal more of what he has than Mr. Griffith did. Uh, but people aren't writing about those differences. Uh, they're writing different things. So he also has uh, the allegiance of many of the uh, mainstream political reporters that are currently writing. And I don't say allegiance in the fact that they follow everything, right. but they're not digging deep down. And in this particular race, He's going to have to be able to set up some molts and some barriers there because uh, I believe Dan Proft and the Bailey organization, they're going to come in with thunderstorms and they're not going to be shy about making their point of view known. And they're not going to rely on traditional media platforms to move those messages. The no, messages will get over. out. So uh, Governor Pritzker and his organization, have to be very strong and be willing to go in there and fight tooth and nail, hand-to-hand. I don't know if they're capable of doing hand-to-hand the way uh, Bailey's going to do it. Nevertheless, he has shown his willingness to spend more, a larger percentage of his funds Mm. on his career than, you know, Mr. Griffin has, despite what you read about in the newspapers. They will come out after uh, Pritzker, on those billions of dollars in the Grand Cayman Islands, and they'll just drop that. That'll, that'll be pounded on the, you know, the trust fund. Oh, I didn't t- touch the trust fund. Oh, Greg, Greg Hines mentioned it the other day from Chicago Cranes. They're also going to be talking about those veterans that died yeah. because of COVID that was unnecessary mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we've been through that exercise. Ronner had the same problem with, with the veterans dying. And, and and there nobody was paying nobody was paying attention uh and then the children and family services which is a terrible situation you know is taking those issues in enlarging them for the general population and then and the graft in illinois when it when when it comes to the, the department of employment security you know oh half gosh, of, no. more of all those millions and billions of dollars that were stolen out from underneath the people of Illinois and the people of the that, United States. What happened to that? Those billions of dollars in COVID money. Oh, Who man. got them? Wait, right. Was so, did, Yol- you know, did Yolanda Tolly get them? <laughs> did she get any? You know, well, remember her? Tally. She was the the well, Greg IAD, Hines, the IAD Greg Hines, chief. Yeah, Greg Hines of Craze has talked about that a lot. So, I mean, there are going to be people that are going to be following up on those issues. Right. So, you know, for Governor Pritzker. If, if I were working the campaign, I would s- strongly suggest a strong offense is their best defense. Yes. And if I were if I were him, I'd do what Jim Edgar did to Don Clark Netch back in '92. I think it was uh, Don came out of the uh, primary, you know, very successful, uh, unsuspecting un- anyone that she was going to win. She ended up winning that race. I, I worked in that primary, and then in, in in the general election, while we were all you know sitting back enjoying our cup of tea you know a few weeks after the election edgar went on the air uh, with his millions and uh, destroyed her in, in the next six weeks and she never recovered and she lost that election if i were governor pritzker i'd put mr bailey away i would wait i'd take care of that you know in the next five weeks there was a lot of a lot of Cellini money coming uh against uh, don clark netch in those days oh Right. Uh, you know, I mean, and, and, you know, she I begged her not to talk about the tax increase, but to make it a tax fairness program. Those who could pay should pay. Those who don't can't won't pay. And uh, she kept wanting to do the tax swap. Wonderful lady. Terrific human being, you know. Uh, but she was in, she, she ended up in the general election and the pool of sharks and the sharks ended up winning. We opened up this podcast talking about friends, and I guess we're going to have to have you back, Tom, to talk about how your friend John Cass cost you several hundred thousand dollars in <laughs> in, uh, in, um, in wow. a contract. Yeah. I don't know if the statute of limitations has expired on that, but yeah. we'll, we'll we'll ask you about that. But not right now. We'll just yeah. seed the ground. Was the interesting the interesting story I remember about you immediately is so you're working city hall for the paper, mm-hmm. and I come in for some reason, you know, walk past the press room, and you're outside. He says, "Seraphin, why did you lay down in that fight up there on Milwaukee Avenue?" And I said, <laughs> "I just I didn't lay down. I, how can you get in a fight when you have seven cameras watching you from the networks, and you're three days from the primary? That's that would have cost us the election, you know. So I had to." 
Tom Serafin that's another, was that's a story for another time, though. <laughs> Tom Serafin was a loyal guy to Dan Rosinkowski, and he was being carved apart, carved into pieces by the Daily People in that race. And uh, it's a big story. And they somebody grabbed him around. Somebody wanted money. So somebody wanted Serafin to re- release money, and he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't release it to, to the guy who demanded it. And he has a lot of clout now, 19th warder, you know, one of those, uh, <laughs> one of those Irishmen that don't wear un- <laughs> under undergarments on the, under the kilt. <laughs> and, uh, and that was a brawl. It was Wait, the old, old time cruise when people, rather than walking around the neighborhood with notebooks and flyers, were walking around with baseball bats. <laughs> Who are those brothers? Who are those two brothers that had oh. your back? Uh, the Stork like Brothers. Famous. They were the, great. What? The yeah, Stork, the Stork Brothers? Brothers? Yeah, the guys with no necks. Yeah, no necks. <laughs> Definitely. No, we'll, well talk about it another time. Another time, another another race. There's a great time. See, but this is a wonderful time to be alive if you're in politics. There's a lot of people, young people getting involved. I was really impressed with the young people on the campaign trail uh, in this primary. And, you know, there's a lot of promise out there. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch how this general election unfolds. And with Governor Pritzker now, you know, uh, riding the the horse out front, you know, where is he going to take this whole whole operation? And uh, you can't you got to do it by making decisions, Tom. Right. And you can't do it just by going, going, calling Andy Menar in the middle of the night saying, Andy, help me out. What do I do? What do I do? There's no, yeah. Well, yeah. He, there, he, he's no longer a, a, a candidacy of, of media and media relationships and not talking to mm-hmm. people. He's going, he's now in the middle of it. He's going to have to show some muscle. He's going to have to show some strength and he's going to have to do that with his decision process. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how he does that. And to think of a guy built like Pritzker walking a tightrope between Tony Preckwinkle and uh, Lori Lightfoot, uh, you know, I'd love to see that film. It would yeah, be, it, maybe, maybe Fellini a, could direct it. You know, if you're talking about <laughs> that's that's a real good point. I would tell him that to him, it's no longer a tightrope. Yeah, I mean, he 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 showed his stuff in the primary. Whether you like him or don't, or like what right. he did or what he didn't, he showed his stuff. Now he's got to take it to another level or he's going to be where he is. And people are going to say it's one, you know, it's a one-time op- operation. I'm, I'm anxious to see what the next move is. Me too. And uh, hey. so are all of you who are going to be uh, following us on the Chicago way in the coming day, in the coming weeks, because we got a, the main event of the mayor's race, the governor's yeah. race, Ugh. all this stuff happening at the same time. And eight months, eight and months. The, and the red tsunami that's going mm-hmm. to, I think if it blows, see, the thing is, if it blows all across the Midwest, you can't tell me it's not going to blow into Illinois a little bit, you know? It, it, it will be, but you know what? Bailey's people have to be smart enough uh, not to turn off the independence. And it's easy if you get it too acidic and too negative to turn off the independence. And you have to understand that, you know, on the abortion issue, you know, uh, 60, 60% of the people in America think abortion should be legal, but 56% of them also think abortion should be legal up to a, a, a moment in time. And that moment in time, when you dig down is anywhere from 16 to 20 weeks. So right. he's, he's got to be filed. really, Right. He's got to be really, really smart about it. There can't be black, white issues. Life is all about gray and how you handle it. And I, you know, it would be a better discussion, better debate if the two of them could be very civil and talk about it and talk about all the gray areas that we have to live in. And, you know, how do you employ people downstate and keep them employed and help them with health care? How do you provide for them? There's more poverty downstate in Illinois that per capita than there is in Chicago. But more what are meth, we doing to help them? More meth right. and a lot of fentanyl, too. Right. And how do we help so them? So, Tom Serafin, thanks for joining us on the Chicago yeah, thanks, Way, Tom. buddy. Was, it's a great way to spend an evening, and I appreciate you guys you, doing this in the evening. <laughs> oh, our pleasure, always. Yeah, yeah. You, God bless you both. God bless. God you bless both. you and Annie and the boys. And Betty, we'll, you know, we'll, Jeff, you stay well. I always, you too, sir. Be well. See you, buddy. Be well. Bye, Peace. Tommy.
For Tom Serafin, my very good friend, president, founder of Serafin and Associates, and an analyst on My Fox Chicago. You heard him. You heard how he thinks. You heard how he, how he thinks politics and how he thinks about it all through. And one of the things one of the things I I uh, I pick up from Tom every time is uh, he's gracious and he's not about going for the jugular all the time. And I think uh, that's a lesson for me and maybe for those of you out there who like to play in this brutal game of politics. And for Jeff Carlin, future civics teacher, not civics teacher, damn it, physics teacher, pouring over all those sponsorship offers for johncastnews.com and for the Chicago way. We'll be up soon with that. And for me, John Cass, husband, father, Greek Orthodox Christian, editor-in-chief of your favorite website, John Cass News. A lot's going to happen. A lot's happening now. Stay tuned to the Chicago Way on WGN+.